So this maybe will top uh, Rob for weird things to think about. I I don't know if I was actually mad about this, but uh, a little perturbed that uh, he wasn't actually like a warlock or something. No, <laughs> no you spell. Mean no Dallas. Sp- no, that uh, there's he wasn't actually magic. There, oh, no, okay. No. You thought going into it, he may actually be a wizard of some sort. I thought there might be some Harry Potter type stuff. Well, I'll tell you <laughs> what, that works out well because a little later on, I'm gonna this a little tease. I I do have a little bit of uh, wizard news for you guys. Ooh. Okay. Not like the clan type, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, welcome to a new episode of Midnight Boys Present, a free podcast. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined, as always, by my dancing bear friends, Joe and Duff. (laughs) The dancing bear. I know that (laughs) reference. That one's, yeah, that one's for if you know, you know. (laughs) And if you don't, it's okay. I have my tearaway pants on. I'm ready. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. So we, uh, this is, listen, we, this is our last episode in the Wrestling with Hollywood season. We had asked our patrons, our, our, um, our Sheba Pit, um, I almost called them our dancing bears, our Sheba Pit to, um, to what, like, which of the, the wrestling movies that we had recommended, uh, movies that had wrestlers in it that they wanted us to talk about. And this one got a lot of votes. People want to hear us talk about male strippers. People That's, were horned up. <laughs> yep. And- Wanted to hear us talk about Magic Mike. And so the reason, obviously, we're talking about Magic Mike, I should say obviously. This one is not obvious. No, um, especially for me, who knew nothing about Kevin Nash and was not even sure what he looked like. Yeah, okay. That, so so a couple things. One, the wrestler does not star in this movie. I, he has a smaller role than, I guess, a small sum before this would be, ironically, Andre the Giant in Princess Bride. Uh, he has probably even less screen time than that. And he is uh, easily the least famous wrestler for non-wrestling fans that we're going to talk about in this season. I think that 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 seems that that tracks for you, right, Duff? Yeah, I did not know who this was. Uh, might have thought you were talking about Kevin Clash, the guy who voiced Elmo. Um, mm. <laughs> I did not. Know. <laughs> That that's a fact I did not know, but I'm yeah, glad yeah. you know who voiced Elmo. Um, so here, going into this um, again, I did not know anything about. I thought that Kevin Nash was going to look more similar to Channing Tatum and the other dancers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks rough. <laughs> He's 53. He he looks like Mickey Rourke in The Wrestler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, well, well. So yeah, we're Kevin Nash. If you if you've seen Magic Mike, and you don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't wrestling. say he looks that bad. No, I mean I'd love to look like that at fifty. I mean, I'm look. I'm talking comparatively to the other dancers. Like, okay. it's all. Yeah. It's a one of these things doesn't quite fit. Yeah, he's no big dick, Richie. <laughs> no. Um, but he. So he plays Tarzan. Um, I do we'll like get, his chick though. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get it. So here's here's kind of the uh uh here's what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about magic mike uh i'm sure we're going to have things to say we're going to talk about kevin nash and i'll i'll try to keep it brief but i do have 
I try to at least have fun facts about uh, their careers, even if you're not a wrestling fan. And I think I have that here as well. And then uh, just something new this time, guys. I'm excited about for this. We have uh, we've we have a Patreon, obviously. And I decided I don't know why I never thought about this, but the end of the season to pose a question. You know, do we have? Is there any questions? You know, that are related to the season that people want us to answer. And we got uh, like four. Good. Yeah. I mean, four questions that Joe immediately after seeing them wrote. These are good questions. Yeah. So yeah, these are high quality questions. So uh, that's kind of what we have. I'm sure we have other ways that we'll go in and out uh, on this movie and, and wrestling and various things. But let's jump right in into it with um, Magic Mike. Uh, 2012 is a Steven Soderbergh movie. The plot is, I mean, as simplest, it's male strippers. We've got um, we follow kind of two main-ish characters. There's Magic Mike, played by Channing Tatum. He's sort of the uh, the mentor stripper in this movie. Uh, and then we also follow a young a young man named Adam. The kid. Sort of, the kid. The kid who uh, Magic Mike kind of uh, be- become, discovers and becomes friends with. And we sort of watch as they um, dance in uh, Dallas's uh, strip club. Uh, Dallas is played by Matthew McConaughey. Uh, exquisite with an X, guys. Starting with an X. Exquisite. Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, you know, we sort of see. I mean, I think this. I, I like this movie. I I think it does a pretty good job of, you know, as silly as it may seem to be, like would a ra- you know would a random nineteen year old want to become a male stripper? I feel like this movie does a pretty good job of like making it be like, yeah, that, that would be pretty fun. People were into it. You know, women are going crazy. You're living in a recession era, Tampa, Florida, you know, there's far, there's a lot of worse things you could be doing in Tampa for money. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think at one point, uh, magic Mike essentially tells, um, the kid, um, Paul's, uh, or Adam, I'm sorry, Adam's, uh, sister that like, you know, this isn't hard to figure out There's women, money and a good time. And he's 19. So, you know, those three things. Uh, especially when you're 19, they have a lot of power over you. Um, Especially if you don't have many other options. He's living on his sister's couch. Yeah. 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 yeah, He's, he's uh, directionless um, before this. Because he got in a fight with his coach on his scholarship, right? (laughs) (laughs) On day one, apparently. Uh, So uh, as you would imagine, a story like this would go, um, the, the kid, he, Adam sort of uh, gets into trouble you know, another another uh, another movie that's clearly telling us don't sell drugs. It's the it's, a lot could go wrong. So this is for a while. This is the classic Goodfellas boogie nights. Things are fun until they're very suddenly not. Movie. Yep. <laughs> yep. Until you, uh, a fight breaks out in a sorority because you you gave ecstasy to some woman. Some you know, girl and her boyfriend and, and and his bros are pretty upset about it's it. It's very rare that I get to say the sorority dudes were on the right. <laughs> uh, Possibly the first time in history that phrase has been uttered. <laughs> yeah, when there well, is just the, soror- the phrase sorority dudes is is probably pretty rare. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So the sorority dudes end up getting in a fight with uh, Mike and Adam while they're wearing it is thongs kinda- and nightsticks. It is kind of weird how the sorority dudes are just, like, angrily in the other room while there's, like, a birthday party with all the girls and the strippers are going wild and the dude are just giving them the stink eye the whole time. Yeah, I don't know why they go to that. It's pretty funny, though. 
No, yeah, 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 it is. I'm just saying it's uh, it's not a choice. Just go somewhere else, dudes. <laughs> go do something else that night. Um, yeah, the other thing is I got to point out, I'm sure you guys, you know, the first scene of this movie we can all relate to when you're younger and you wake up and there's just two naked women uh, mm-hmm. in your bed. Because, you know, yeah, memories, guys. Um, <laughs> Did it remind you of the movies by minute conventions? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it couldn't be farther off. Uh, <laughs> it, it was uh, it was like all those nights we'd go out after getting off work at the tele telefund. Yeah, go, go yep. drinking. Yep, or the the nights that uh, uh, yeah, the nights that Duff and I would just watch movies until four in the morning, eating pie that we bought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, then, uh, <laughs> and then it was uh, much like a vampire when the sun came up. It was time to go home, go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but essentially what happens is um, Mike realizes that uh, the owner of the club, Dallas, uh, might not be the most honest fellow in the world. Uh, just really wants to make money and will say whatever he can to do that. And, and, and he's kind of getting short shrifted on a deal. to They're going to move out to Miami, start another club. So um, Mike ends up deciding to get out. But before he does, he very kindly and without really a whole lot of hesitation pays uh, essentially Adam owes $10,000 of drugs that he lost at that sorority party we mentioned. And uh, Mike, who's been saving up to start his own business, but he can't get a loan because he doesn't have credit because he pretty much gets paid in cash. Um, can't get the, the money. He's been saving money and he uses the majority of it to pay Adam's debt in full, which I mean, very kind magic Mike to do yeah. that. He wants to start his uh, uh, boutique furniture business. Yep. Yep. And so uh, while this is also happening, Mike is becoming, uh, uh, is falling for uh, Adam's sister, Brooke. And so at the end, he uh, decides to finally leave the business and go with Brooke. And uh, Adam, meanwhile, kind of gets annoyed at the next, you know, the next uh, big thing at the club and takes Mike's place. So another lesson, too, where it doesn't matter what you do in work, when you leave, you will quickly be replaced and forgotten by someone else. Yeah. We are all replaceable. Don't yep. trust venue owners. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's a good lesson. Don't trust the strippers you bring to a sorority uh, party either, apparently. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 the movie in general. Is there anything like plot wise I'm missing that you guys think I need to bring up? No, I don't think so. It's it, it just sort of like this. Uh, you know, I think a lot of move like Boogie Nights you referenced is about uh, like you know daddy issue stuff, mm-hmm. and this is a movie about just uh, someone who really wishes they had a brother. Yeah, there's there's a part early on where. Um, Adam, like the first night, he's like hanging out with Mike. Is just like we should be best friends, and like it sounds corny, but like at, after that night they went through, it's like yeah, that, what an awesome like, what an yeah. awesome dude. Well, you know what this movie understands more than anything. What's that, Joe? Dudes rock. <laughs> yeah, dudes rock. <laughs> this is uh, and I I should mention Kevin Nash, who we'll get into, is one of the other strippers. He plays Tarzan. Uh, which is just a fantastic stripper name. Yeah, so I, I'd always know, I'd never seen this movie, and I knew that Kevin Nash was in it, and I always just thought like, wow, I, I, I didn't think I wouldn't have thought Kevin Nash would be able to dance. 
Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then I finally like watched it the other day, and I'm like, well, this is even better because they cast Kevin Nash in this in this movie, and he could barely bend over. I, thank, <laughs> thank you. He could every, barely move. And every, I actually think that's better. I actually think it's a great choice that they have this one dude in their troop who's just this giant like stiff ogre. Yeah. yeah. I shouldn't say ogre because he's not bad looking. He's a good looking like, guy, but giant like just stiff. Just wall I mean, of compared a man. compared to the rest of them, he is a Hulk. But I, it's neat that they still let him join in their group routines, yeah. even though he can't move. It, uh, it reminds me of uh, the Hot for Teacher video where they, I forget which one it is, but one of the guys <laughs> in Van Halen just could not get the moves right. But but <laughs> but like Joe said, it actually makes it better. Yeah, well, yeah. Also, I think storyline wise. <laughs> It works too, right? Because you know you have um, it's a young man's game, the strip club, and yeah. you've got you know all these young guys. Adam is nineteen, uh, and even like uh, Magic Mike kind of gets criticized by Adam's sister for being thirty and still doing this, right? So he's kind of like middle of the road. You it's know. kind of uh, you know like a, an athlete where you know yeah. Mc- McConaughey. I don't know how old he's supposed to be in real life. McConaughey is like. He was probably in his late forties when he did this, and so like in this early, movie, he's, early, he's he'd be in his early forties because this movie was made like almost ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and even in the movie, like he, uh, Mike mentions he doesn't want to end up, you know, and he hints towards like Dallas. He doesn't want to be a, a male stripper in his like l- yeah. early forties. And then I think it's fun that they have like, well, what what happens when you're in your fifties and you still do it? Well, then you're Kevin Nash in this movie. You're Tarzan, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, you know, I mean, he still looks great. I also love another thing because I watched a lot of Kevin Nash watch this movie. Whenever he's in the background lifting weights, he's just lifting little ten pound weights <laughs> <laughs> and like looking in the. Oh man, they're quietly. Not that I think he's like an incredible actor, but I enjoy I enjoy the Tarzan character quite a bit. And plot wise, Tarzan is very important in this movie because the only reason that the kid gets the shot is because. Uh, is because in that first night, uh, Tarzan got overserved. And had yeah, I was gonna. Is that what happened? Because you just kind of see him on the floor, <laughs> and I wasn't. You know, I at first I'm like, oh no, did he OD? But he was just overserved. I think so because he's yeah. he like no one seems too concerned for his well being. Yeah, everyone's just like, oh, show must go on. Yeah, he is 53. So what are you gonna do? Uh, did he have some of the? Uh, weird pure alcohol stuff. Yes, <laughs> I think so. I think he maybe uh, OD'd on whatever that was. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about that I forgot to to mention is: uh, Did you guys know about hurricane parties before this movie? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I think I did. Like I, I don't know a lot about them, but I I knew people would have them. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense, but I, I'm assuming if you live in a coastal area that can gets hit by hurricanes, you would know about it, but in the Midwest. I've, I've just heard it mentioned, like, on the news when there is a big hurricane, they'll talk about people doing it and, like, how stupid it is. But I always think, like, oh, that sounds kind of fun. Sounds, uh, yeah. <laughs> I agree, man. I mean, so the it's idea is, like, da- It's dangerous. End of the world party. Well, I mean, kind of, but, like, a hurricane's coming, and you're not in a place that gets evacuated, but you're, you know, you got to, like, stay in for a few days yeah. until the storm blows over and everything. And so usually someone with a bigger house will host, and everyone stays for, like, you know, three or four days and hangs out there, and you bring tons of supplies and obviously alcohol would be part of that you just like hang out with your buds and friends for a few days well yeah. good 
good news because uh, we cooked the planet and we, uh, we're going to get more hurricanes and maybe they'll be strong enough that uh, we get a little of that action, guys. Hell, hurricane parties might be a growing business. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they are. <laughs> God, uh, what a world. There is a hurricane party in this movie. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I... You know, Steven, I, we'll get into Steven Soderbergh. He did this movie, but I, I don't know. I like I enjoy Soderbergh movies quite a bit, and uh, I I like this one. I like this quite a bit. This is a movie where, um, you know, Duff and I use Letterboxd, and I'll log my movies. And I was shocked, shocked that when I went to log this movie, especially like a movie by Soderbergh, the average rating on Letterboxd is only a three out of five for this. And I was like, what? Uh, I don't believe that that that's true. I think like there's a lot of like gay panic hate to is this that movie. what it is it has I, to I be, really right? think there is like oh i'm not watching the gay stripper movie you know but yeah what is, it's yeah. not there's uh, first like it matters but it's not a gay stripper movie it's well a yeah but movie. I, I mean like 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 yeah. the gay like a meathead would say it you know yeah uh i think there's also some channing tatum hate uh so channing tatum used to be a dancer and this movie's storyline is somewhat based off his life he was a stripper in the tampa area and uh, when he was younger, so I find that I find that interesting. Uh, also, this movie was originally going to be directed by I, don't, I never know how to say his last name, but uh, Nicholas Reft Ref, Refn. Do you guys want to say his oh, name? The guy who did the, Drive. The guy who did Drive. He was originally going to be the one that I directed it. I'm so glad he didn't. I think Soderbergh's the right person for it. He would have made it so dark. Yeah, oh. it would have yeah, been. I think it, the it dance sequences would have been interesting. Yeah, it just wouldn't have been fun or funny. <laughs> yeah, the, and this the two is and this is from like. and this is from someone who loves Drive, but it's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, not not a good choice. Uh, so then after um, uh, Channing Tatum uh, met Soderbergh on Haywire, mentioned the project, and then Soderbergh took over on it. So um, so yeah, so I, here's a question I actually think is really really difficult. So Steven Soderbergh directed a ton of movies, pretty prolific mm-hmm. filmmaker. If you had to choose your favorite Soderbergh movie, what would it be? Because I don't think it's an obvious answer. I think everyone would no. have a slightly different one. Yeah, I mean, well, I do th- I do think one answer will probably uh, come up for most people. I, I think Ocean's Eleven is the sure. strong front runner. Mm-hmm. I'm an out-of-sight guy. Yeah, that's up that there. Would be my, that would be my pick. Um, uh, I It's... Probably got to be like o- Ocean's Eleven is a perfectly fine answer. That that's probably like the. I actually read some. I read someone say it's that today maybe or something. It's like the perfect like Hollywood movie. It's like I think today's the twentieth anniversary of it. The day we're recording uh, it, so okay. there was so a lot about Ocean's Eleven today. It's like the it's the like it's as good as like sort of a movie star Hollywood studio movie can be, and that's I mean that as a sincere compliment like, yeah it's it's, it's it's what happens when hollywood doesn't talk down to an audience i think as a person who finds lying very funny um <laughs> i think i the informant is is up there for me as oh, as a favorite okay. i really like that one and um yeah uh, but I like I like a great many of of his other films too. But those yeah those have got to be the three that spring to mind first. Like like Traffic is very I remember it being very very good, but it's very depressing and I don't want to watch it again. Yeah 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 yeah. 
Um, Logan Lucky is another one I would put on there. That's like I find very fun. It's a good time. His Shea, Shea movies, uh, his that two part movie is great as well. I mean, and, like and I, very, I've never seen it. I don't think I don't. I haven't seen very many many movies by him that I didn't like. And the very uh, still timely movie Contagion is yeah. very good. Yeah, uh, obviously early in the pandemic that movie got incredibly popular. The, it was like the first month or so. It was like let's rent Pan- uh, Contagion again. Yeah, yeah. like oh, it won't be like this. Yeah, th- this might last a couple months. We should learn about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then they saw what a, a competent government does, <laughs> uh, and it's and, not even that great a response, as I recall. But uh, so then, uh, so then Channing Tatum, obviously, uh, I mentioned is a, a movie somewhat based off his career, uh, his early life as a dancer, which is clear because uh, he's he he's very good at his dancing that he does in this movie. It's it's very fun, and I think I think it's something to be clear. The dance sequences are very fun. Oh yeah. yeah. They're, they're just such, they're a great time. Uh, and apparently, in the script, Matthew McConaughey originally didn't have one, and towards the end of shooting, he was like, I want to do one. And then they wrote that in. Hmm. Which, I was thinking, watching that, like, could you imagine the, like, women who got to be the extras? I wonder how they picked the extras. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean they were losing it. Like, it <laughs> felt like they were like, just act how you would if you got to put dollar bills in Matthew McConaughey's thong. And, it, uh, it'd be cool if they did it just like they do in real life, where they were just walking around handing out flyers, and then people shut up, and they're like, "Good news, bad news. The good news <laughs> is you're gonna watch um, Matthew McConaughey dance. The bad news is it's going to take eight to ten hours to shoot all this. Yeah, and we're gonna you need to all be of excited you to stay. every time you shove <laughs> dollar bills down his pants. Uh, the the only other thing I was gonna say is I enjoyed that uh, McConaughey strip to Doctor Love by Kiss. Yeah, yes. that was a good choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it seemed like he was having a good time out there. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, well. Um, Calling guess... Dr. Love, sorry. Don't want to offend the KISS army. <laughs> no, that's the last thing we need. Uh, do you guys have anything else you want to talk about this movie before we get into uh, uh, Kevin Nash wrestling talk and some very interesting pre-career stuff I have about him that's related to this movie in some ways? I uh, just want it was, the movie's a great time. I really enjoyed watching it. Uh, I'm going to watch the sequel now. Not yeah, right now. There's I, a third one coming now. Yeah, too. I know. I'm excited to hear uh, there's a third one. I want. I want. Listen. Keep. I want coming. some hunks. Yeah, bring on the hunks. I, I mean, it's I, it's fun. Yeah, I had no real. I knew it was by Soderbergh, and I knew it featured uh, uh, Channing Tatum, so I didn't. You know, I was going in cold, and yeah, it was very enjoyable. I'm going to watch the sequel I, I, as well. I'd also like to say that the guy who plays the kid yeah, should have gotten an Academy Award just for being able to get through the Matthew McConaughey dance lesson scene without laughing. Oh, <laughs> oh my man. God, in like, the, in like the fitness center or whatever? Yeah, when he's wearing the little yellow crop top outfit and just... I, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was Hit. losing it. Uh, yeah, it's so funny. That between this and Wolf of Wall Street, which is 2013, right? So that's within a year. Matthew McConaughey was having a good time in movies. I, funny McConaughey is the best McConaughey. Here's the thing, though. Would it surprise you if you found out that, that he didn't know he was being funny in either of those movies? Like no. Like he thought they were both dramas? No. Not at all. No, I, okay. Not at all. He, not at all. He seems not 
like a big dummy, but he seems kind of not all there in real life. Didn't he give some really bizarre Oscar nomination speech? Trying yeah, to over he, Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, and he's been talking about like he he said he wasn't going to now, but like the like political like flirtation recently yeah. has yeah. been uh, a big big moron energy too. Um, I I love that. Obvious, even ten years ago, everyone going into it was oh it's is he gonna say all right all right all right and so they have they says about 30 times yes (laughs) he does it is interesting that uh the the actors that play adam uh alex pettifer um and his sister cody horn like didn't really have much careers um after these movies no (laughs) things did not take off for them yeah um i don't know i just you know this movie was a pretty, you know, was a, a a pretty decent hit. Like I think the budget was not much. I, I, according to Wikipedia, here seven million, and it made one hundred and sixty-seven million. Like Soderbergh's Soderbergh's efficient, and he gets people work for him for cheap. Yeah, right, rightfully so because they want to work with Soderbergh. Yeah, it would be yeah. fun to have him and Clint Eastwood shoot the same script and do it oh as a race. God. Who can who can finish? Uh, the quickest and most under budget. <laughs> oh yeah. my god! And they both would be totally interesting and different. Those, you could actually add. Uh, you could add Ridley Scott to that too. Actually, um, as can a, he do it a, cheap? He, I think, is pretty consistently under budget. Yeah, hmm. he just he gets huge budgets, but he, I think, he's very efficient, and I think he always yeah he might come in under and on time for sure. Okay. Um. I want to see. I want to see Steven Soderbergh's version of Cry Macho. <laughs> Cry would be good. Um, I like Cry Macho. Wait, but the thing is, um, like, he he has to star in it too. That, yes, that as part of the deal. Oh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's let's jump into Kevin Nash. As I said, he plays Tarzan in this movie, and uh, as Duff mentions, he moves very slowly, which is not much different than him in his wrestling career. Uh, and kind of similar to uh, him in, as a stripper and him as a wrestler, sometimes if you're just really big and good-looking, you can go a long ways to move slow. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you don't have to. You don't necessarily have to do a whole lot. Um, it's because if you're good-looking, you don't need to move fast. Yeah, and People will wait for you. <laughs> Also, he's like really tall, right? I think he's like six ten or something. So, uh, yeah, that's that's another reason why he kind of uh, they put him in the back, obviously. But he, still, you can tell he's much much larger. Yes. Um, so he um, he played college Division one college basketball at uh, Tennessee, and uh, that you know didn't you know played Division one, which is still a big deal, but you know wasn't a star or anything. And kind of bounced around. I think he was in the military for a while, and then he moves to Atlanta and he works. He gets a job at a um, a strip club as a floor manager. And Atlanta is uh, where uh, uh, there's a lot of pro wrestling, and so he would meet different pro wrestlers who would go to these strip clubs. And one of them was like, "Dude, you you should get in the business. You know, there's big old dude on." So he eventually gets into wrestling, and he, uh, early in his career, has all sorts of these just terrible gimmicks, guys. Um, Master Blasters was one. It was a tag team, which was sort of like a Road Warriors type thing, but, uh, you know, like a... 
a poor version of it. Uh, my favorite is I promised wizard content. Um, <laughs> he, he for like a hot minute was Oz, which is this. <laughs> he would come in with like a Gandalf like robe and a fake beard and this like wizard hat. What year? What year roughly was this? This would have been early nineties. I, I I put a I put a uh, link in the chat here if you want to take a look at what Oz looked like when he would come in. Oh boy. <laughs> Mm. Uh, so that was an idea, you know. Didn't really work. Then he eventually Look, uh, his moved. fake beard is incredible. <laughs> I I like it. Um, so then he would move to this uh, another character named uh, 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 Vinny Vegas, um, <laughs> which is kind of based off of Steve Martin in that movie. Um, my blue which which movie does he oh, play uh, my blue heaven where yes. he's a mobster yes he sort of was that okay so all right so he's he's Vinny Vegas you know he's, he's got a career he's making some money but you know he's not a star by any means meanwhile in WWE at the time WWF Shawn Michaels who was a big star um was uh had watched some you know WCW wrestling and he saw Vinny Vegas. He was like, oh man, look at that big guy. Now, Shawn Michaels is a shorter guy. And uh, he was kind of a star. But at that, especially in that era, when you were not tall, it was really hard to get much of a very big push. Um, he's only 6'1. So uh, he eventually talks to another wrestler that's in WCW and mentions how he was pretty impressed by him. And he talks to Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon's like, we should get you like a bodyguard who on the roster do you want as like a big bodyguard to kind of follow behind you? And he was like, I don't think anyone here would do it. But I did see this Vinny Vegas guy on WCW. Now, the way it worked is like once you were under contract as a wrestler, there's these rules that they can't talk to you. So like, so like Vince McMahon cannot talk to wrestlers who's under, who's under contract. However... As you can imagine, that stuff gets broken all the time by you have, like, another wrestler talk to another wrestler. And so, yeah. es- essentially, uh, you know, through the pipeline, he was told that uh, Vince McMahon and, and Shawn Michaels are interested in having him come over to WWF. So, he, he goes into WCW's offices, and he's like, hey, I want a big raise. I want to make a lot more money than what I'm making now. And they're like, well, no, man, you're a wizard. And Vinny Vegas, <laughs> like, we're not going to do that. And he's like, well, fine. I want my release papers so I can just go back to working as a bouncer or at the strip club or whatever, right? And so they gave him his release papers, and then from that, from those offices, he just faxed that over to WWF to be like, I'm available. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the next day they flew him in, and they signed him, and he shows up as uh, Shawn Michaels' bodyguard. And for a while, those two guys are uh, one of the all-time dumb and awesome nicknames for like a tag team group. They are two dudes with attitudes. <laughs> awesome. And pretty quickly, he kind of starts to get over, and the crowd's really into him. And even before Shawn Michaels ever won a title, uh, they ended up moving him in, you know, into solo wrestling, singles wrestling, and he ended up winning the title. And in 95, he was the – actually, in the 90s, he was the longest – he held the WWF championship longer than anyone else did in the 90s. He held it for like th- almost a full year, like 350 days. Wow. Now, maybe related, but maybe just because it was a tough time, that was probably also the worst year in WWF 
Like it, it, it wasn't. Yeah, it the, didn't the go mid great. The, the mid nineties was not peak WWF. No, not at all. Um, so actually, you know who I've also heard that Vinny Vegas character re- uh, references what he is like a wrestling Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so when he comes over to, to WWE and he gets that championship run, he is simply Diesel, which, God, what a great, like, mid-'90s character. Yeah. Name. yeah. Uh, and he would wear, like, black leather and, like, a black leather glove and sunglasses, and he had nicknames like Big Daddy Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a couple things on that run, and then I'll, I'll finish up the wrestling talk. Um in WrestleMania 11, he has a uh, a title match with Shawn Michaels, and uh, WrestleMania 11 is not a very good WrestleMania. Uh, it's f- uh, the most you probably know of it is that's the one where Lawrence Taylor takes on Bam Bam Bigelow, and it has like uh, a bunch of uh, like Reggie White is there, and other um, football players. But I wanted to, you know, I know you guys know that wrestling loves star power. Uh, and they love to put celebrities in things. So this is April 2nd, 1995. I want to give you guys an idea of the uh, quote-unquote star power around the ring for this diesel uh, Shawn Michaels match, okay? Okay. It's uh, the timekeeper for the match is Home Improvement's Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh, my God. Nice. The the so announcer, be like a, so a thirteen fourteen year old I kid. I think he's like twelve years old or something. Gosh. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> it gets better as I keep going through this. The the, the ring announcer uh, is NYPD Blues Nicholas Totoro. <laughs> okay, man. Um, Shawn Michaels is accompanied to the ring with <laughs> Jenny McCarthy by Jenny McCarthy. Cool. Diesel. She- at least, she, I mean, she was actually by. very famous for the time. Oh, absolutely. Well, so was Jonathan Taylor Thomas, I, yeah, to I be guess, fair. I guess Jonathan Taylor Thomas was. So, Shawn Michaels says Jenny McCarthy in his corner. Who do you think Diesel has in his? <sighs> Is a, it's a woman? Yep. 1995. Think uh, similar to Jenny McCarthy. Uh, I don't want to. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of an answer. Carmen Electra, close. Pamela Anderson. Oh <laughs> man, it was uh, it was right there. That's that's uh, that's very 1995. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so the other thing I wanna I wanna point out, and then uh, and then we can we can stop the the Kevin Nash as a wrestler talk. Um, he is is pretty important in like wrestling in the 90s because. Um, as I mentioned, he had the title for 350 days. It wasn't necessarily like a a, a, a big. Uh, he wasn't wrestling wasn't in a great spot at that point. And then WCW, Ted Turner takes over WCW, has all this money, and starts buying up talent. And he gets offered a lot of money to come over to WCW, more than Vince can slash is willing to pay. And it's like guaranteed money, which is better than. Um, was being offered at the time. So he leaves. He leaves uh, WWF. But before he leaves, there is a famous moment called the curtain call that happens at Madison Square Garden. And this is a little inside wrestling stuff, but I find it fascinating. Uh, so in real life, uh, uh, Shawn Michaels, who I mentioned, Kevin Nash, who plays Diesel, um, 
uh, the guy who plays Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and then the guy who plays Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, are all like really good friends. And then the very final match that both Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were going to be going over to WCW on the very final match in Madison Square Garden, sold out, big thing, right? Um, the match is over. Shawn Michaels has won. Diesel's like laid out on the ground. He's out. And Shawn Michaels comes over to Diesel and kisses him on the forehead. <laughs> and Diesel rises up and they start hugging. Okay. Bad guy, good guy. You know, you're breaking the rules of wrestling. And then Scott Hall and um, Triple H come out there and they start hugging. And they do like a four person hug. And the crowd is going nuts, like in a good way. They're cheering. Because a lot of you know, a lot of the people knew that he was leaving, and then they it was a cage. So they each go on each corner and they like hold their hands up and they're like the crowd is cheering. Old school wrestling people are livid about this because you're showing good guys and bad guys being friends in the ring, which like in 1996 it was such like a no no. Now everyone knows wrestling's fake. You know what I mean? Like it's not like a big secret. It's like it's like all those sports writers who get mad about bat flips and things like yeah. that. So even though the crowd is losing it in like excitement because it's such a cool moment, uh, backstage Vince McMahon and others are pissed off. Well, here's the problem: Shawn Michaels is a champion, so you can't punish him. You can't punish Scott Hall or Kevin Nash because they literally are leaving. That was their last day, so you can't do anything about that. So they had planned for uh, Triple H to win an upcoming King of the Ring tournament, which is like a tournament, and then you end up pushing that guy to become more of a star. They decided to punish him by not having him win that King of the Ring. All mm-hmm. right? Here's the fun fact. Do you know who they ended up choosing to win that King of the Ring instead in 1996? I don't remember. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh. Which wow. ends up, like, shooting him into superstardom. So, like... <laughs> As much as in the past I've talked about how, like, Vince McMahon, as much as, like, an insane uh, bad person he is, he ends up making a lot of good decisions. This was just blind luck. I mean, this was just they were mad and they wanted to punish someone and they chose someone else. And then that person, like, took off as a huge star. So, uh, yeah. And I don't need to go on. He goes over to WCW for NWO, and, and we talked about that on the Hulk Hogan thing. So uh, even though a lot of uh, casuals don't know who Kevin Nash is, pretty important in, like, 90s wrestling history for just, uh, uh, you know, moving from company to company and just these big moments that he was involved in. I wish that billionaires and millionaires just got involved in wrestling feuds instead of just making everything worse yeah. yeah it was better back then right like that was cool in the late 90s when they're like why don't we just spend a bunch of money on having the best wrestling show yeah i mean ted turn ted turner at the time was probably in the top 10 richest people in the world and he just got like instead of you know trying to become president or yeah destroying <laughs> You know, building dumbass tunnels under LA that don't work. He was just like, I'm gonna buy Atlanta Braves streaming rights and get involved in a wrestling feud. <laughs> and, pre- and prepare for the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The end of the world. So let's set the uh, ring on fire, not cars. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, you know what, Duff? You are right. It would be a better place. Like, if, if Donald Trump had instead been like, I'm gonna make my own wrestling company. Yeah, dude. That yeah. would have been a, the world would be, would be a better place. He actually would be a better version of Vince McMahon, I think. 
if he I think owned, you're right. Like, I think he'd be very similar. I think he uh, is funnier and yeah. not always intentionally, but sometimes intentionally. Uh, like, I, I, I really think that that is how we could have healed this world, is if also, some, somehow Vince would have sold to, to uh, Donald Trump. Also would be willing, similar to Vince McMahon, would be willing to do anything if it means... Uh, higher higher rate well because of it. But, but yeah. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't pay his bills though, and he's super That's cheap. True. So like he he'd have to like be willing to actually spend money like Ted Turner. Now here's the thing though would would he make wrestling even more racist than Vince McMahon? I don't know if that's yeah. possible. <laughs> that's true. It'd be a real battle. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> um, Duff, you have something here about Florida, Florida in film. Yeah, so it just kind of got me thinking that uh, I couldn't think off the top of my head of a lot of Florida movies. But then I just started Googling, and I'm like, oh, there's a lot of movies that are set I mean, in we Florida. We talked about one on this podcast. Uh, yes, right. uh, Wild Things. Wild Things is very Florida. Yeah. Um, and it's just, uh, you know, what are some some Florida movies that really capture our, our great state? The Birdcage. That's a good Bird one. Birdcage is great. Scarface. Scarface. I thought of another one that we just talked, they talk about, uh, that we that we talked about. Ace Ventura Pet Detective? Yep. Oh, God. I, I did see that pop up on lists. Um, the Ad- Adaptation? The, the movie, uh, The Florida Project, is very good. Yep. Uh, there's something well, about Mary. It's a good pick. Something about Mary? Yeah. yeah. So it's just kind of funny how, you know, like you. A lot, obviously there's New York movies and LA movies and to a certain extent some Chicago movies and you know Florida as a state I couldn't think of a lot off the top of my head of just like hey what's a if you name, name a Florida movie like a movie that kind of encapsulates Florida and I think this is a you know it does a good job with the Tampa Bay to area. Tampa that's a thing that I think that's the thing is a lot of the ones we mentioned I think out of sight would be another one is Miami right like yeah. that's a Miami Tampa's different and this one like captures that Tampa vibe real well I feel I'm ready for different. a gritty gritty crime film set in Orlando that's the challenge <laughs> that's the gauntlet I'm throwing down yeah because the west coast of Florida is it's different like it's i mean we obviously we're not trying new ground we're saying florida's weird man very regional very just all over the place and yeah tampa has a whole different vibe than miami oh, entirely different well yeah uh, like uh just a way trashier <laughs> like yeah the, it's, yeah and like there being strip clubs yeah it, it's it's i think this movie really does a great job of you know showing tampa are you guys ready for patreon questions uh yeah all right so um great questions i'll i'll start here uh since i just kind of asked do you have any questions about magic mike or uh you know our wrestling season in general so we have jay here who asks which wrestler would you cast in a role in titanic i haven't seen that movie (laughs) (laughs) i will say when i was thinking about this and I was telling a friend about this recently too. It is insane how little I remember from Titanic. 
that I should know from how much like I I spent so much time trying to think of the name of Fabrizio's character and I finally had to look it up because I just it just felt it's fallen out of my brain. Yeah, I had to no I had to I Google characters from it. And I think that's just it's a survival mechanism. Mm-hmm. I, oh, so it has so so you're thinking like it has to be a specific part, not like I can just add them to the movie. Uh, oh, I guess you could think of it that way. I was thinking a specific part. Okay. Um, but yeah, you could go either way. Uh, do, Duff, do you want to start? Uh, yeah. So, uh, mine is a classic heel manager. Uh, I want to see our friend uh, Lewis, uh, the Bill Paxton's co-worker, the guy with the oh lewis yes have yeah. a nice day yeah yeah. Uh, have, yeah have a nice day uh harry Knowles stand in yes <laughs> um, yes <laughs> i want to see classic heel manager bobby the brain heenan as lewis okay okay all right okay i i could see that i could see that uh i have a few um the one I thought of immediately, and I just want to... You guys may not know him, and that's fine, but for anyone who actually watches wrestling now, uh, Seth Rollins is a wrestler who I who I like and is a wonderful heel, and I feel like he would be a fantastic Cal. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a, he's a good-looking, dark-haired dude, so he kind of has, like, a, the Billy Zane look. He has got kind of a maniacal laugh, which I enjoy. I think he would be a, I think he would be a good Cal. Uh, Joe, what do you have? Um, I would. I'm gonna just gonna add. I'm gonna make this movie a little longer. Okay. And I'm gonna add. Well, you know what? I'm not gonna add anything. I'm just gonna digitally add in pictures of Rose's father, mm-hmm. who has passed away, and it will be the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Love it, man. That's good. Now I'm imagining that, like, when we look at. Uh, Jack's notebook. He's just sketching like wrestlers, <laughs> just famous wrestlers. Uh, th- let's keep casting stuff here. In, in, if- in, instead of uh, what's his name, following uh, him around and spying it's on Virgil. him. Instead, instead of yeah, lo- Virgil is the Lovejoy character. Uh, the other one that I thought of is uh, Tommy, the the Irish uh, friend. Yeah. Uh, I thought of the scene where he's trying to break through and they ultimately do. Uh, I thought that'd be really funny if it was Hacksaw Jim Duggan <laughs> with his, his two by four uh, clanging on the gate to let them out. That is perfect. He gets shot. <laughs> he yeah. gets shot later on. Yep. Uh, man, Ted DiBiase is so funny. That's great. Um, you guys have any other ones you want to go or should we go to the next question? Uh, I was thinking... Um, I had one other one. Okay. I just need to remember the character's name. Oh, God. I oh, I got re- it. I got it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to recast Molly Brown. Okay. And it's going to be Dusty Rhodes and Drag. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, so that's really funny, Joe, because I had totally forgotten, but I have written in my notes, Mick Foley as unsinkable Molly Brown. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, good, too. Those are good. Those are really I, good. Mick Foley's probably better. That. Uh, I don't know. No, no. I like Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, the especially because in drag, like the that American just, Dream, baby. <laughs> little polka dot dress. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So this is a magic mic question. We have uh, um, 
two Magic Mike questions here. They're very similar, so I'm going to ask them together. Um, if you could pick one song to do a Magic Mike-like performance to, what would it be? It's a question Caroline has. And then similar to Caroline's question, Deborah asks, what would be your Magic Mike character slash persona? Uh, Night Moves, Bob Seeker. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I thought well, I'd okay. You, you went you, you went uh I thought you were going to go a lot more fast-paced. I thought I'd get a laugh for that. You're going to move slow, you know? You're going to be like Kevin Nash, man, like Tarzan. Yeah, I would go as um, a tradesman. Like, I would kind of switch it up. Um, sometimes I'd dress as a plumber. Sometimes I'm a carpenter. Um, okay. You know, I'm... Working, you're working, you're a working well, man. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm playing on their fantasies of, like, the, the handyman coming over while their husband's at work and, you know... Uh-huh. One thing leads. Are you here to fix the cable? Bob, Bob Seeger comes on on the mix, <laughs> and uh, let's go. <laughs> I love how that's the women's fantasies. Is that is that while the garage door opener is being fixed, Bob Seeger comes on? Man, if there's, and if there's one thing I know about women in 2021, they love Seeger. They're they're they wa- kidding. No, they're watching me walk up that ladder in tight jeans. Uh, while old time rock and roll starts playing and. <laughs> Something else is gonna be rocking and rolling pretty every, soon. Every woman I know, their Spotify year-end rap just Seeger. <laughs> oh my! God. I want to try to make Seeger sexy. All right, I think I, I could do it. I I think if anyone could do it, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the here's the tough part of this question: is you have to. It's essential that you pick a song where. Uh, when the crowd hears it, they won't immediately think of someone dancing to it better. So, like, that eliminates mm. almost every Prince song. Like, you can't go out there to Kiss because they'll all think of the Kiss music video, and no yeah. one can dance that well. Yeah, you can't go out there to Cream. I feel like I can outdance Bob Seger, no problem. So all it's right. not an issue. I was picking that song as a joke, and it did not go over well. But, I mean, no, I, I mean now, it, I'm, it, now I'm doubling down. It is sexy. Yeah, I... You went I mean, against the wind. The, the, yeah. the reason the reason that I didn't think it was joke, it's a horny song. Yeah, it is That's horny. It's, it's uh, and you know what? I thought I just thought you know what they're gonna be thinking I, about when they see you dancing, Joe. <laughs> what? What's in your pants and how it's probably like a rock? <laughs> <laughs> well, when it turns to Hollywood night, you can see it, baby. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll go, Duff. Uh. Okay. So here's the thing. If I'm going to be, if I'm going to, I'm being selfish on this. If I'm going to be stripping you? and dancing, I'm going to fulfill my own fantasies. Oh, no. Oh. Well, yeah, that's, okay. you know, that's about, that's what making art is all about is you, 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 you make it for yourself. Exactly. So which, which Modest Mouse song are you going to sing? No, no, oh no, my no. I'm God. Gonna, I'm, no, no, I'm going to go, I'm going to go cowboy. I'm, that's my, I'm going to be a cowboy. Okay. Okay. The and I'm gonna do. Song? I'm not gonna do the Kid Rock Cowboy song. It's too obvious. Okay. I'm gonna do XC of Gold. Uh-huh. Boo. Oh come on! I've, I would. I'm I, trying to think outside the I, box here a little can, bit. Can I, Metallica sue you for that? <laughs> they probably would try. They'll do it. <laughs> uh, I like the I like the cowboy angle. Uh, I just that. I mean, like you said, it's it's very self indulgent. I'm sure it's a it's house remix of that song. That, that <laughs> a house remix. <laughs> oh my god! I guarantee you, there are XC of Gold dance tracks. For any and for anyone who's wondering, um, this is a. Right, 
technically not a song i don't know it's uh this is what plays at the end of the good the bad and the ugly when they're getting ready for the the big yeah uh shootout and it's it's like a woman wailing and uh sorry not a great stripping song okay all right what are you going with uh so i didn't initially combine these um you don't have to. So, but I. It's your day. You know, I'm. The question was your your persona. Um, I, I, oh. You know, I, I could be. Uh, I don't. I could be self indulgent, but I don't think that guy with persistent depressive disorder is gonna get get the ladies. Uh, get them going. Yeah. Um. So I was thinking. Uh. Oh, same lines as Joe is like all the, you know, the male dancers and strippers. It's out. It's usually like. Uh, it's like the village people or it's like working class uh professions and i'm like well what hasn't been done ups guy okay oh get, uh-huh. get those get, i like that get those little shorts mm-hmm. you could put your, put things in the box yep there's a lot of package puns and whatnot we don't you don't need to be saying jokes no i'm just saying <laughs> uh, okay and so the what music it was really tough because you know like joe said like i don't want don't want anyone doing it better to come to mind uh but i want you know i want something anthemic uh (laughs) so i'm i'm going with uh radio gaga by queen oh oh it's a good pick yeah Uh, just you know it's it's fast but not too fast as good Everyone can sing along if they want to. <laughs> I know that Queen song very well, but does does a does a casual know that one? I guess I it was important. I, I guess it was in Live Aid. They just need to feel it. Yeah, yeah that's once true. they see Duff delivering boxes, when they see when they see me in those UPS shorts and the brown hat. Mm-hmm. I, uh, <laughs> wild. That's I like I like the I have not seen the UPS. Um, the delivery driver done. I like that. What if you had That's a little good. mini brown truck that you rode in from uh, backstage? Exactly. Backstage there's a, there's a lot you can do with this bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I regret to inform everyone, and, and perhaps listeners thought of this while we were talking about it, is there is uh, actually a dance remix of The Ecstasy of Gold, and we've all heard it before because it, it gets used in uh, Modelo commercials all the time. Or at least oh, used yeah! To yeah. See, I'll dance to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, okay, last question we have here. Uh, if each of you were a professional wrestler, what would be the name of your signature move? That's what Roger has here. Um, I thought about this one for a while, guys. I'm sure you did. Yeah. And um, uh, Kurt Angle... Uh, a gold Olympian gold medal winner. <laughs> Just ask him about it. Yeah, Kurt Angle uh, would do an ankle lock, which is submission hold, right? Submission holds. I like the drama of you. You put a you put that hold on someone, and then you know there's a drama of if they're gonna get out or not. Are they gonna tap? Uh, the ankle lock's easy to do. You can get it on anyone. You can get it on a big. You can get it on a small. Ken Shamrock did it before. Some would do the ankle lock, but guys, I also think. I gotta. If I'm a wrestler, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have props. Okay. I'm gonna have gimmicks. <laughs> None of right? this. I'm not surprised by anything I've heard so far. So I'm coming out there 
I'm not going to wrestle in them, but I'm walking out to the ring in Crocs. All right. <laughs> and and when I put the ankle lock on, I'm going to reach over to the edge of the ring and grab a Croc and slide it in their foot. And it's going to be called the Croc lock. <laughs> I, it's so silly that I actually like it. <laughs> like not only do i have to get this visual like did he get a hold of his croc he did now he's putting the croc lock on <laughs> uh all right what do you what do you got uh what do you got duff for this so i was able to come up with a name but i don't know what the move would be so okay. i'll need your help on this but it's okay. got it's it's gotta be it's the sea monster <laughs> okay but I don't know what it would be. Um, so you you um, reach up from underneath a ring, bursting through it like <laughs> tentacles, and drag them down underneath it. I like it. Yeah, it's got to be something where you're you're pulling you don't people. you don't see it coming. <laughs> yeah, where you're pulling people down. Um, uh, oddly enough, Kevin Nash uh, had a a jackknife power bomb where he would lift people up and then put him up on his, like, back, and then he would sort of, like, drop him down to the mat. Like, that would almost work, right? Because you're sort of, like, dropping them into the into the depths below with, to the sea monsters. That could work, too. I like yeah. either of these options. Uh, what about you, Joe? What, what do you, how, how, you know, you're in a, you're in a big match. Mm-hmm. It's time to, it's time to put him away. Uh, mine, what are you doing? Mine would be called the means of production. <laughs> and, and and I would I would power bomb my rival uh, into a different member of the McMahon family each time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got a few. I'm right? gonna start with Linda. <laughs> uh, does anyone have anything else they want to talk about with Magic Mike or wrestling? I first just want to thank our listeners and. Uh, as much as our listeners, you guys, for indulging me to talk about wrestling for five weeks. Yeah, it's fun. Please never read filthy texts again. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm gonna... that's in the after dark content, uh, which you can get at our Patreon at patreon.com/slash the Midnight Boys. Um, not on Patreon though. Is we have a special listener request episode. Yeah, it's fueled up. by Patreon though. Yeah, fueled by Patreon. Um, and this one might slot in nicely with a previous season we did. Yes. Uh, it might live in both places um, on our website. But uh, we did a summer of 97, and just missing the cut by a few weeks was Anaconda. I, don't, I think it officially came out in the spring. But, you know, we can make our own rules. Um, and we'll talk about this more on the episode, but uh, Roger... Uh, had uh, who we mentioned earlier asked uh, one of the, the questions we answered uh, wants us to do an episode of Anaconda so you know he he paid the money and we're going to talk about a, a big old snake yeah I'm excited and I haven't I'm, seen it since it came out I'm excited to watch it again and I've never seen it so it's it's going to be fun uh, and like I said if you want uh, more content more stuff we did an episode on blockers and talking about John Cena on our Patreon you get that for just two dollars at uh, patreon.com slash the midnight boys guys it's been fun finishing up another season we did it this is our 12th season I I learned about wrestling after I watched yes we you (laughs) now you know everyone knows everything they need to know to um, be at the cocktail parties uh, and the Christmas and holiday parties coming up and (laughs) 